Hey guys, welcome to episode 46 of the JV Club. I have a big smile on my face because I was just checking Twitter uh, in anticipation of doing some shout outs and uh, several of you just tweeted me very simply, feast the bread and <laughs> I got a huge kick out of it. I'm so glad that you enjoy that as much as I did. Um, I love Morgan Walsh's song. And uh, I only wish that we could recreate that song and sing it in a band together. Um, but thank you guys so much for uh, the great comments that you have left uh, post-Morgan episode and for the lovely notes I continue to get about Luca. Um, she is very much uh, on my mind, as is Scotty, because I am away in San Francisco and uh, obviously, I don't have uh, Scotty with me, so um, you know, just thinking about uh, thinking about pets, thinking about how important they are to all of us. And I just can't thank you enough again, guys, for telling me your stories about experiences that you've had with uh, with animals who have who have touched you in some way. I guess that sounds maybe a little bit uh, questionable, but uh, listen, I enjoy putting my foot in my mouth on a daily basis multiple times. Let's get into the shout outs on this episode 46 with Padgett Brewster, Samantha J and Marilia via email. Thank you so much for your beautiful emails. Johnny F on the Kristen uh, Nerdist page as well as Toria and Lauren H. I am sorry to make you guys cry, but uh on a selfish level, as you know, I feel much better knowing that everybody else was crying with me. Um, I want to thank Mike H., Melissa L., Erica P., and Grant H. for weighing in also about Luca, Nissa M. for your beautiful email, uh, Caroline J. and Jean M. on Facebook, K- uh, Nicole C., Ashley S., Rachel S., Lauren W., Kanan G., and Steph on Facebook. Steph has gone through a lot lately, and uh, we are all sending her our very best. She is somebody who is a part of the JV book club organization as well um that is on goodreads if you guys want to check it out am i forgetting anyone curtis pj alec and starbuck on uh, morgan's nerdist page um Guys, thank you so much. And uh, I, I think on Twitter, mostly I have uh, Cora uh, comp- little comments right now. So, um, But for those of you who have weighed in on JV Club stuff on, on Twitter, sorry, I didn't get to you by name. But I'm having problems loading my Twitter past a certain date. That happens. I've complained about it before. I feel certain I'll complain about it again. Uh, very excited for episode 46 with Paget. I am a huge Paget fan. Uh, I've been very fortunate that I've been able to do some thrilling adventure hours with her. Um, but I'm just a huge fan of her work on the silver television screen. So I invite you to check out some of her fine, fine work there. And also she's going to be here at Sketchfest in just a couple of days. Uh, she will be here for the thrilling adventure hour. And uh, as she mentioned, she'll be on the Pete and Pete show, although that was supposed to be a surprise, but what are you going to do? Um, so this feels apropos. I'm going to try to do that a couple of times this uh, upcoming month where I have uh, Sketchfest type guests uh, on the podcast to reflect what's going on in my world, which is Sketchfest, 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 and yet more Sketchfest. I also want to take this opportunity to give shout outs to two people I know don't listen to my podcast, but they are my Sketchfest husbands, David Owen and Cole Stratton. Could not do this without them. Uh, We founded the festival 12 years ago together uh, when we were in a sketch group together. So I'm sending them all the love in the world. I know, again, that they do not listen to this podcast, so I encourage you to tell them for me that I shouted them out on 
this podcast. Um, you can tweet uh, Dave Owen at the SF Sketchfest Twitter account, and you can uh, tweet at Cole Stratton and make them feel really guilty for not listening to my podcast. <laughs> okay, guys, um, more from me in a week, and uh, I'll see you on social media. Hope you enjoy the episode. Bye. Now entering Nerdist.com. This podcast is beginning after Paget received a little bit of a grand art tour of my home. Um, you could talk at any time, by the way. There's no, I don't do like the thing where I'm like, okay, let me get started. Let me, well, no, let, let me, me ask you just the, like, yeah. just yeah. for your audience, the name of this artist again. Oh yeah. Uh, Jeff, Mac- uh, Dan McCarthy. Sorry. I almost said Jeff McCarthy. Dan McCarthy is this artist that I have a bunch of prints, collectible prints from, um, Dan McCarthy, his website is danmccarthy.org. And he, we both, Patrick was equally captivated as I am by a lot of the pieces that he does because he does these really cool. A lot of what I have, what I've collected of his are these nighttime scenes, um, where you sort of see the night sky and it's, and you, and everything's sort of in shadow. And then you see a single light on somewhere and, um, and it's I just love the yeah, way they make me feel. They're lonely, but it's also it, it's evocative and not not dreamy, but it's not sad. Lonely. It's you know what? It's the person who's awake yeah. and aware of the world yeah. before everyone else gets up. I love that feeling. Yeah, I love that feeling, and um, it also reminds me of um, one of the one of the things that I. Well, first of all, I have a penchant for like. I love riding my bike at dusk through the neighborhoods. I love when you can still kind of see where you're going. You can sort of see the sunset, but you start to see the lights come on in other people's houses and you feel like you're on the outside looking in, but there's something very childlike about that. I think something about your, it sparks your imagination in a different way about that light on. And my favorite is if you're in Pasadena on the 134 coming towards Hollywood, that is the most dreamy at yeah. at dusk. It looks like a fairy tale. The trees in the distance and the city just beginning to light up. It yeah. looks like a fairy tale. I totally agree with you. You completely get it. I, I feel love, the same I way. love it. And the other thing, and there's one in my bedroom that Pageant and I were looking at that is a snowstorm. And then there's sort of like the orange welcoming light in the middle of this kind of night sky snowstorm. And it reminds me so much of when I um, when I went to school in Flagstaff, Arizona, which is just south of the Grand Canyon for the first two years that I went to college. It snows there. Um, you know, like a good five months out of the year, but it's like good, clean Arizona snow. So it's like, it it snows for a little while, but then it's like beautiful in winter wonderland. It's not like blizzard. But the evenings, walking home from class, like walking through the neighborhoods, smelling the fire smoke from Ugh. the fireplaces and having the snow like swirling along the asphalt street and smelling dinners cooking and like trudging through snow and the way snow is, makes everything so muffled and muffled quiet. sound, yeah. It just, I, I miss that feeling. It's such an evocative feeling. Mm-hmm. It's like 
such a peaceful, wonderful, lonely, but still somehow okay walk yeah. when everyone else's life is going on warm inside and you're not to yours yet, mm-hmm. but you sort of get a sense of like these rows of people who are sort of experiencing their lives in this. I don't know. I just love it. No, I know. I, I, I do too. You totally get it. Articulated that beautifully. Well, thank you. And I and that's how I feel about. I like. I love watching movies that take place in like snowy climates Hmm. too, for the same reason. Like certain movies that kind of have that feel to them. I wonder if it's like a tribal, if it's like a a a caveman feeling. Oh, maybe it is. Oh, this is my my tribe, and we're safe. Yeah. Even though there's snow and coldness, which could kill us, but we're safe because there's food. I can smell food. Yeah. I can see that people are warm i don't know i Even wonder to if that's just the fireplace did you where did you grow up did you have snowy winters yeah i grew up, up in massachusetts and oh Maine. my gosh so you really had like the Super full-on snow, yeah. winter where oh, people yeah. like you had snow day and people had oh, to had like snow, scrape yeah. their cars and stuff because mm-hmm. i'm from arizona so i think there's a mystique for me about that too because i hardly had that except for those two years in flagstaff the rest of the time it was just like desert yeah, you so, know, I didn't even know there was snow in air. My mom and dad lived in Scottsdale. Okay, yeah. For about 10 years my dad yeah. was the was the principal of a school there. Oh. And it was hot all the time. Yeah. So it's crazy for me to think of of course there's snow. And but in I don't have any parts, experience. Yeah, in with Tucson it. and Phoenix, I mean it rarely once in a while it'll snow and you'll see it stick to the cacti for like a second and then it melts. But in northern Arizona by the Grand Canyon, it's the San Francisco peaks which are uh at the just to the north of Flagstaff and still I guess to the south of Grand Canyon maybe I should know this I don't know um but the San Francisco peaks are I think the largest highest mountain range west of the Rockies um so people ski there and right. and there are all these beautiful aspen trees in the fall that turn bright orange so mm-hmm. you actually have seasons in Flagstaff and other than that I never had anything like that but Massachusetts is like yeah. that's where people go to leaf peep which I didn't even know, Leaf right? Peep? That's like an expression. To look at the, the trees fall change foliage. Leaf People are like, peep? are you going I've never leaf heard peeping? in my life. I think, it's, I think it's like a 1950s thing. It's gotta be. I've People never go, heard that. Leaf peep. Leaf peep. Isn't that the most satisfying, That's really cute, funny. overly cute two words when you put them together? <laughs> leaf peep. Yeah. So and you were I leaf did, peeping, but you didn't even know you were leaf peeping. I didn't peeping. even know. I, and, and I love it. And the house that I bought in Los Angeles... 11 years ago or 12 years ago, there are four sycamores. So they change color. They fall to the ground. So I have leaves. If someone walks down the driveway, I hear those leaves scuffling around. It feels seasonal. And I definitely, yeah. So I was attracted to this thing that I grew up with. Absolutely. Yeah. So I do leaf peep. You still still got it in (laughs) you. Um, how long were we're in Massachusetts? Um, my mom and dad were teachers at a boarding school called Middlesex in Concord, Massachusetts, and so we lived in a dorm. Uh, my, oh, my okay. I have a younger brother who's two and a half years younger, and he and I grew up in the dormitory in the in the private school. And my mom and dad have a house. They are now retired, but they have a house in Cushing, Maine, near where my grandmother lived she she uh, is has passed on mm-hmm. but um she had a good life she was she good long life That's uh good. but we would live in cushing maine for three months out of the year because my parents were teachers school was shut down sure so we were in maine or or, or massachusetts the whole time we were growing up and i thought everybody 
I thought everyone had the summer off everywhere all the yeah. time. I thought all parents. So European. I, I it didn't I, it yeah. did, until far too late did I realize, oh, people are working all year round. <laughs> like grown ups. Yeah. I think I had that a little bit too because my dad's a teacher and so ah. we would travel yeah, together you'd have time over the off. like he would be on break when I was on break yep. and we would go road tripping together because he also wrote books about ghost towns. And I was, I was wow. very accustomed to like, this is the time where parents and kids have their time have off their time and off. they go do their stuff <laughs> together. That's not and the case. Yeah. You find at out all. Later. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of living in the dormitory. I mean, was mm-hmm. that something that immediately I'm already like, okay, was w- it was a private school for just girls or was it it's, boys and it, girls? It was just boys until oh. 1976, I think. And then in 76, 77, girls started going to school there. And actually, crazily, our dorm, the dorm that we lived in called Clay House, was um, an integrated dorm, which is crazy for wealthy yeah. private school. So there were girls and boys with rooms on the same floor. So, of course, oh they were... Oh, my God. And, and it was the 70s. Sound, yeah. They were doing acid and um, getting high all the time and uh, uh, stealing Cokes out of the Coke machine. Yeah. Um, it was nuts to put... I love that you listed that third one all... Like, that was a big <laughs> deal. That was a big it's deal like, because they taught my brother and I how to do it and we stole Cokes. <laughs> we stole it Cokes. It a big deal. You used it to be able to reach up. That, that made third after, after like, acid and sex. <laughs> stole Cokes. stole Cokes. <laughs> and that didn't get him thrown out. Um, how much of that were you aware of other than the Coke stealing? Um, Which is a very we satisfying feeling as a child. We were pretty aware of it. Um, and my mom and dad were young, so young. They had me when my mom was 21 and my dad was 25. So they probably had just, so that was like they their, were was their first teaching job yeah. after uh, out of college. I'm yeah, assuming. yeah. Did so, they meet in college and then go to that school together? Did they meet teaching no, at that school? No, my dad met my mom. My dad was going to Harvard and he hated this guy in his class named Jim. And he went to a dance and my dad was kind of... Um, He's very smart and skinny and sort of, he wasn't ostracized, but he was just kind of a loner. And so he said he was eating cucumber sandwiches at this Harvard dance and he saw the most beautiful girl he'd ever seen in his whole life. And she came in with that asshole Jim. And he was like, oh, he asked Jim, hey, can I dance? He's, now he's being nice to Jim. Can I dance with your date? And Jim's like, yeah, whatever. You know, not treating her very well. So dad's dancing with who will become my mom in a few years and uh, asks Asshole Jim if he can take her home. And Jim's like, fine, what, I don't care. And my dad sa- you know, says, I don't think that you're treating your date very well, Jim. And Jim was like, that's my sister. I don't-. And so dad was like, yay! Oh! <laughs> so that was it. Oh. They, they courted or dated or whatever and got married. And let me see, I was born in 69. And they, they were together for two years before I was born. So they were born, I mean, they were married in 67. Right? That yeah. is an adorable story. Yeah. It's and around still the together. corner from Back to the Future is what it reminds me of. <laughs> such a dork. Oh, it's such no. a dork that I'm like, listen, George McFly took Lorraine to the dance. That, that they had to a, kiss in the Enchantment Under the Sea Ball. Otherwise, there's no way no that Marty. that picture would have had yeah, Marty <laughs> in it. Much less his brother and his sister. Um, that is a beautiful story. And they're still yeah. together? Yeah, yeah. I always great. love a parents are still together story. Are yours? No. 
Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. I mean, I come from the, and these guys know, uh, that listen to the podcast, but I, I, I come from know. a family. I'm so sorry. That, oh, no, that's okay. No, no, no. I just come from the, the split family of, I don't even really, I'm an only child and I barely remember my parents ever being together. Oh. Nor can I ever really imagine them together. It's huh. like a stunner to me that they had enough in common to kind of try it in the first place, get together and make well, me. Yeah. But they did. Hey, I they made they you. They made me. That's, I mean, that's what uh, Morgan Walsh just did the podcast. And she was just saying that, you know, her parents split when she was really, really young too. And they presented it in such a positive way to her, which was, you know, listen, we weren't meant to be together. We were meant to make you. And that was enough. And it's beautiful. And we're Aww, proud of you. That's and great. that they stayed friendly in that way. I can't imagine coming from a, a broken home where, you know, like parents don't talk to each other anymore right. or they use their kids against each yeah. other and stuff like that. That's like an ugliness that, would be, that I'm that, lucky see, not to have I, had. I, 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 when you say your parents aren't married, that's immediately what I think. Yeah. I think, oh, that's got to be so tough for a kid. Yeah. Because I, you know, it's just got to be so tough for a yeah. kid. Yeah. And you're, and, but I'm glad that that was not your experience. Yeah, that so much more pleasant to- than that. They stayed, they stayed very friendly. And in fact, I remember in high school, complaining. My parents actually love telling this story. Is that like I think I got caught doing something, and I had tried to sort of utilize their their, their, <laughs> their not being together as like I think I tried to I like lied to one and then told a different lie to the other, and then they ended up talking. And I guess at some point I was like, it's not fair that you guys are like in touch with each, with each other like I was so furious that, that you got their good relationship your- <laughs> busted me and I wasn't able to like utilize their divorce in my favor but um but That's so funny. so was that something I mean in terms of like your experience seeing these kids being crazy and all that do you feel like you I don't want to say grew up faster but like how much of that did impacted your experience of understanding what was to come because i don't know that i was exposed to that I don't know. much stuff with older kids until i was that you know the actual age um i mean i guess i would say it was a pretty idyllic way to grow up i mean we had a pond we had a movie theater we had a library we had an, and as kids we were you know really how how everyone i went to school with Growing up then, it was, you had a bike, and you entertain yourself all day Yeah, if you're not in school. And after school, as long as you're home, you know, by 8 p.m., or you're home for dinner, there was no, no one worried about their kids yeah. going anywhere or doing anything. So we, we did whatever we wanted. We ran around, you know, we ran around in the woods. We, you know, go b- b- put pennies on train tracks. And I think what it did do was... Um, I don't know about how it affected me being around so many teenagers as a little kid, but I was completely unaware of any of racism in any way Um, because we had kids from all over the world, you know, living in our dorm and they were our babysitters and they were, so I was maybe 13 when I experienced, you know, someone pointing out that someone was black and didn't get it. Yeah. Was re- I mean, really didn't get it. That's Which awesome. is, is nice and, you know, if you 
think about, you know, being sheltered like that is is pretty great. Yeah, being sheltered in a liberal way. To, instead yeah, to of the being degree that it never would yeah. occur to you that what, any. What was your the school that you went to? Was that the same way, or was I it went just... to when when we were living at Middlesex, I went to an all girls day school. My brother went to the all boys day school. And then when I was 15, I went away to, I attended Middlesex where my mom and dad were teachers, and it was just the wrong place for me. Yeah. I had been in all-girls schools, um, and I was kind of artsy and, 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 you know, nerdy, and I was shocked at how being in a co-ed school um, fostered competition or cattiness or gossip, and I, I had absolutely no... Um, way of of processing it and and understanding it, and I was a you know super loser because I my parents were teachers there. I lived in the dorm, so I was poor. You know uh, what I mean? It was yeah. I was not a yeah lovely child. I feel like I've <laughs> you, you feel like I've gotten better it. looking as uh-huh. I got older. But when I was younger, I was pretty gawky and you know looked like Ralph Macchio oh. with braces and. Was that severely underweight, and um, oh. so it was a really tough school for me. And I, I, oh, no. I was failing; I was miserable. So my parents said, "What do you want to do?" And I said, "I can't. I don't want to be here. I just I want to go back to all girls school." So I went to an all girls school in uh, upstate New York called Master's School at, in Dobbs Ferry. I'm so fascinated by that. You know, I, I feel like I've had. I guess maybe I've had an equal mix of people who went to all girls schools and and public schools or or joint sex schools i could have put that better <laughs> but um but maybe not maybe there are more people who went to um co-ed schools but i don't even know if i went to public school and, and yeah i always i think i was sort of haughty in the other direction where i always imagine and i've sort of been educated about this fairly recently like maybe as recently as doing this podcast <laughs> that it that it's i think it is sort of the reverse of what i thought sneezing oh <laughs> you i am clearly allergic to all girls schools um (laughs) i think i thought the opposite i think i had this idea in my mind growing up and going to these sort of public um magnet schools Mm -hmm. that you know were it sounds like they were sort of the lower class version of what you experienced which was you know magnet schools where you go into an impoverished area where that school is and you bus in kids from all over the city so that there's like kids of all kinds there the diversity and so i didn't have an awareness of racism either for that reason because we were like it was always 49 percent white 51 percent everybody else they made it so that like there were more hispanic kids and black kids than white kids who were getting bust in and um but i i think i thought of like a a private girls school as like oh i can't imagine how horrible those girls must be or it must be so competitive it must be so hard it must be so catty it must be so this and that and to hear it's the opposite yeah it's so stunning to me i was so wrong boys because now there's I, i i can't explain it girls schools even if you're a nerd you have a place in that world yeah and you do sort of build who you are and and study harder because there isn't this whole other you know uh dressing to impress boys doesn't exist there are no boys so um and i I, it just makes you sort of focus on I would have thought if I didn't go to girls school, I would think, oh, God, this is awful. Who yeah. would ever want to, what a horrible, and when you're a kid, you're like, I want to be cool. I want to go to, a, I don't want to go away to, but then once I went to the co-ed school, my parents 
taught at, I, I realized this is just not, I'm yeah. not ready to, to deal with this. And, but it was also that environment because I was already a, a loser because my parents were teachers there. So <laughs> it was real. It was, and it's a great school. Actually, uh, Steve Carell graduated from oh, Middlesex. Oh, okay. I'm trying to think of who else. John Hurt. Oh, jo- wait, John Hurt or John William? Hurt or William? No, no, no. William, William Hurt. Hurt. Okay. From yeah, Altered like, States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like uh, yeah. the Big Chill and Big stuff chill, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. It's uh, first of all, I don't know why it makes sense to me that he would go there and not Steve Carell. It seems I have this. I, again, I'm so surprised Steve Carell I have went this, there. I was... I, well, yeah, but I just have again. I have this idea in my mind of a, a certain sophistication um, and intellect that comes out of what you've described. Uh, because I'm so like, I mean, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but honestly, like the frontier, like Tucson, Arizona, like it just seems so kind of the East Coast world does seem very. Ivy League and very sort of like proper and sophisticated and fabulous in that way. And I guess it would, I mean, it might seem that way, but that I feel like that's all just movies. It totally that's is. All prep school Please, movies. it totally is. That's what, Please, that's I'm what, like going through my mind, like, okay, is it really it reminds that way? me of uh, Dead Poet Society. What else am I thinking yeah. of? Like, and also, you know, what again, to your point, whatever experience you're having in your life when you're having it, you're hardly thinking of it from the outside looking yeah. in, you know. And people also like were thought for a long time, honestly, even my generation, like, oh, you probably owned horses because you're from Tucson. Oh, well. No. Huh. It's not really. It's still just like a sort that's of a city that, made of suburbs. That's and, what people outside of Arizona think. Yeah. People think there's, there's still this. Well, even sometimes when I see movies set in Arizona, people have like Southern accents. Don't know there if is no accent. In Arizona, yeah, there's is no there? accent. None. It just sounds like this. We sound like we're, we're, we're <laughs> newscasters, basically. There's no, there's no southern accent. But I come across that a lot. Like, That's funny. I still see people in contemporary Arizona set films who have this sort of western twang, as though we're all cowboys or something. Bizarre. It's so strange. Wait, where? What, what? I feel I should know this. The movie raising Arizona. Yes, Holly Hunter. And where yeah. was that? I think it's set in f- outside of Phoenix, in Phoenix, and outside yeah, of Phoenix. He, Park, they're both doing high on exactly southern. Yes, and the richer people in the story, like the the, Our the Texanas, are like, oh, "This is our baby Nathan." Yeah, yeah they all super Texan. See? That's funny. I'm That's, so glad you brought that up. That's a perfect example. Because I was thinking, oh, maybe Raising Arizona is the name of the kid. It is, and it's and, set in Arizona. I thought, well, maybe it's not. It, it was, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. That's a... No. See? There Crazy. are a lot of trailer parks in Arizona, though. I won't lie to you. There are a lot of trailer homes. So in that, that they got right. trailer parks very attractive. Oh, interesting. And I don't know. Interesting. Especially in Florida. Interesting. Like moss and, and ivy and it's green and there's something about it. Like I love looking at trailers on eBay. I love the Shastas and of course, you know, the Airstreams and the old. Yeah. Oh, those are beautiful. Oh, those trailers. I love them. I and get I want that. one, but I, I, well, I what are you going to do with it? I wouldn't it? do anything with it, but I like the idea. It's almost, I feel as if there's some romantic, maybe it's from a movie or something. There's some romantic idea that I could get a trailer, and it's very specific in my mind. It's like, you know, 40s or 30s to 60s. I, yeah. want, I want what I want, and it, there's crickets at night, and I, and I barbecue on a little hibachi right outside, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, I, and I can hide out. Like, it would be hiding out. But who am I hiding out? Why is that appealing to me? Why? But I get it. And maybe that's it's why that is appealing to me. I know. It is. There's this sort We're of... We're talking about the the artwork, the... Yeah, the... The, the, the McCarthy stuff. McCarthy. Yeah, McCarthy. 
Um, it is very. I'll post some some of these pictures on Facebook too, and, and I'll post the link to his website for this episode of the podcast. And we also have a Pinterest account, and Jules will put like onto your board. You'll have your own Padgett Brewster board where the stuff that we talk about. I'm sure there will be some leaf peeping pictures. Ooh. She goes through and collects visual images that represent kind of all oh, the cool. things that we bring oh, up. It's really cool to see to go to after after the podcast and sort of see what. Uh, an, an idea, an image mm-hmm. board would look like of wow. like sort of everything that we cover. But yeah, I do think that there is I the same thing appeals to me. I have a picture that I'll show you after this that a friend of mine photographed. Um, that's a trailer home. I'll, I'll have to show it to you. You're, it, you'll you'll like it. Um, I hope but I remember do to that do is? that. Why do you think that would appeal? I don't know, but it feels like it, there, there's the same sort of the same thing. The way you that you walking descri- in the snow, t- the same thing and- as you being out on your bike all day, mm-hmm. playing in the woods. There's something really sexy and i don't mean that as sexy but but as sexy somehow there's something very sexy about being a lone wolf and kind of being a part of something but also being able to like step away from it and remove and disappear and rejoin as you desire somehow i would agree with that you know what it even and i will say realizing you saying sexy it is my fantasy of a florida trailer park is very um, sensual. I'm, yeah. I'm picturing yeah, the, the light moss, the and light, what I'm cooking, the, and yeah, yeah. And, and there's and it's all the senses. It's not. It's not about. I don't picture a cell phone or a fax machine or yeah. a computer or. I picture solitary reading, fishing, like a you know cooking on my grill. Yes, and. Having, a, I don't even drink scotch, but I feel like maybe I would have a scotch in a lawn chair <laughs> outside it. of my trailer. I totally get it. I totally get it. But I do think that that is part of it. Is it, it goes back to the Dan McCarthy stuff? It's part. It's it has to do with the checking out mm-hmm. somehow, or even in these kind of cityscapes where it's the quiet city. Yeah. It's not this bustling city. It's like the stillness mm-hmm. that maybe we both yearn for in and some way and a lot of people yearn to do for anything i think nobody. that's what's appealing yeah is that if no one can reach you or it can't no one it, no one's up no one else yeah. is up no one can ask you to do anything so or true. answer a question or go anywhere the master of your domain in that way oh, like what this is so interesting i have this unstructured time to myself how do i choose to use it crazy this is really interesting uh, it is really interesting <laughs> isn't it fascinated by it is Maine like that because you I know that you spent three months there I have a friend who moved from New York City to Maine wow, and that just is a big yeah just describe the difference for him and he's a visual artist too so like even his artwork changed so sure. much like the influence that he had in the city versus really checking out and buying like basically a cabin in Maine and just being completely removed how and does he it, feel I think that he Feels like you would expect him to feel, which is that what he wanted to get away from, he treasures so much being away from, but the pieces that are missing from that, for making that huge of a shift is like, oh, that was a very dramatic change. And so Mm -hmm. I think he does, he does have periods where he feels like I'm going out of my mind. Like I, this, there's not enough here. There's not enough here in terms of stimulus, you know, but, um, but what was it? What was the house like in Maine that you would go to for the summer? Uh, my my mom and dad uh, still they live they retired and they live there. Oh right, you said that. Yeah, um, it was built in. Ugh, I want to say eighteen mid eighteen hundreds, um, and it was a ship captain's house. 
It's a very rural um, area. We don't have uh, Cushing doesn't have a downtown. I mean, there's no, there's not, there is not a stop light. We had a gas station and a market called Fails, Fails Market that How had everything. How is that spelled? Oh, it was F A Y L. Okay. <laughs> Not not fail. <laughs> oh, it did just close. Um, so there the, now and yeah, so fails closed, and now there's no center of town. There's a school, and there's a firehouse, but there's no. I mean, there's really wow. you have to go a few towns over. That's to go to super rural. That's her, yeah. That's yeah. really, but it's beautiful, and it's there. That's where the lobstermen are, and you know, you go, you drive to the lobstermen's house, and you put money in a box oh, on the dock favorite and you things. pull your lobsters out I and put them in the, stuff I mean, like that there's nothing like that that I know of in Arizona but that seems very east coast to me too so because great. if it's not the lobsters that you do that with like I we have uh, you go apple picking yeah or, or pumpkins, you, you're or, driving down a country road in Connecticut and there's just like a place where you can go and get it the same thing like put some money in a can and grab a carton of berries because yeah, exactly. they just leave them out there for you it's great the honor system yeah oh i love it but again see this is me thinking idyllically like oh i'm in a movie this is so outside of the realm of my experience growing up it's charming it is charming i wonder if it's still there because i don't get to go back east enough to know i mean you i used to still get the lobsters that way but yeah i'm trying to think yeah you used to be able to do that berries so that time. sounds another uh, – like, were there kids around other than you and your brother when you yeah. were up in Maine for the summer? No. Yeah, so you were. Like, did you spend a lot of time with him? Yeah, yeah. And How and close Dad, are you guys now? We're very close now. We, did, we, did, we were separated for a while when I went away to boarding school and he went away to boarding school. And then I moved to New York and we just – we sort of – we just didn't really know each. We'd sort of moved away from each other when we were. I was fifteen. He was thirteen. Yeah. Um, but when we were when we, when we were kids, m- mom and dad gave us each a uh, a wood vice in the barn, and that was that's what we were. You know, just we were locked out of the house, and they would do their own thing, and they would you go play in the barn and. We would walk around in the woods or swim in ponds or I walk down to fails to get penny candy. Or yeah. We weren't allowed to watch TV. Oh, we wow. were allowed to watch TV on Saturday, and we could watch Creature Double Feature on Sunday, which was <laughs> I love it. the Godzilla movies. Yeah. And, what about you? Because your dad's a teacher. A lot of teachers don't let their kids watch yeah, TV. Yeah, you know what? I think he was more strict than some of my friends' parents, and so I would definitely... I definitely would go over to other people's houses and get oh. really excited to watch cable and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but I think he also, you know, he was a single dad. He never remarried. My mom had, they shared custody, but I didn't see her that often. And she didn't have a television. And oh. she was a teacher too. Uh-huh. And then she, like, she was a French teacher. She was a French professor. Then she was at a private school, a co-ed private school teaching French. And then they, she had a, she has a doctorate. And so they fired her so that they could bring in some young person that they Cheaper, could pay way less. Yeah. And she couldn't find another te- teaching job teaching French oh. in Arizona because oh. already the kind of education foreign language crisis was starting. And, and the only um, thing anyone w- wants to learn is Spanish. Spanish. And so she ended up, totally having to change career she became a travel agent and then the internet killed travel agencies oh my god so my mom just had a series really from most of my childhood i just watched her like i don't want to say flounder because she's got tremendous dignity through all of this Mm -hmm. but 
this idea of like, okay, my livelihood has basically been taken from me. So now I need to figure out a different livelihood. And she loved being a travel agent. And then when the internet became, everybody can do their own thing. They, that basically all these travel agencies closed, including hers. And so she had to like figure out what the next thing was going to be, which is really, you know, when you're in your forties and your fifties, that's really scary. Really scary. And uh, then she became, this is so like, I don't, and I've never, I don't think I've ever told about her jobs on the podcast, but so then after being a travel agent and then that basically being taken away from her, she became, um, like a, like a customer service agent for United Airlines helping for like mileage plus members. So if you have rewards, so she would be the person that people would call. So she still was kind of a travel agent. She would help people plan their trips and use their miles. And then that went, all that stuff went to India. Oh my God. So then she lost that job. So then she became an agent for AAA, helping like people come in, would come in and plan their car trips across the United States and stuff. She would sit with a map with like retired folks and be like, okay, if you want to take old route 66, like she she would help them plan the trip. So it became like the most travel agenty thing that no one our age would ever want because we're all sort of part of, you know, after a certain age, everybody just thinks of the internet. Yeah. This is really for people who don't think that way and don't want to self plan or don't know how. So it was a lot of retired couples and just people coming in who wanted to do these kind of cool, funky car trips Automobile. that you would want to do with your Airstream. Yeah. You would go in and my mom would help you plan like a really cool trip across the United States. And that's what she did until she retired. Um, but you know, it's a lot of having to learn a new computer system every time. And you God, know, it's just, I'm just That's impressed that she was able to kind of bounce back time and time again. But, um, but she definitely did not have a television for most of the time that I was over at her house and she would just listen to NPR and like, you know, Prairie Home Companion. Yeah. And my dad was more integrated. Like he liked to have a lot of, like he had expensive speakers and like you know an extensive cd collection and like a bunch of video cassettes and stuff so i was i did watch more with him but i feel like i also chose a lot of the time not to watch television when i could have because i wanted to be out on my bike yeah running around and like you know for the longest time in my life i enjoyed i mean i I, that feeling of walking around at night or being outside of something I totally feel like that's from way back because I loved after school riding my bike around by myself. The sun starts to go down. You start to see like peep into people's lives. And I fully would like park my bike and like tiptoe around and sort of see like look into people's backyards. I love being in alleys and like the alley is like the instant way you can sort of get a sense of a slice of life of all of these people like in a very short period of time. Like, oh, these people have this little pond back here. Oh, these people just have like a bunch of old junk back here. To be interested in how people are living and what they... So interested, so fascinated. That's not possible now. No one really? lets their little girl yeah. out on a bike. It's true. At you never see so around the alleys. So it's just not. It's, it's so true. It makes our parents sound like completely super irresponsible. It really does, doesn't it? But that's just what it used to be. You were you. you yeah, I, that's what it was. I never felt unsafe. I never felt. Me neither. I never had like I never had like a spidey sense tingling of like oh I don't know if this is okay. I just always just blithely. I cannot imagine what it would be like to be a kid now. I know. 
It's, it is really hard to picture. I want to go back to, to your description of yourself and this experience that you had, you know, as a kid being around these, these, uh, crazy teenagers, but then your own experience of being kind of creative and nerdy and, and not having a lot of boys around necessarily, especially in the school environment. How did that, I mean, when, because you were gawky and, and look like Ralph Macchio, like how, mm-hmm. did you have crushes on boys or did you, you I know, did. did you get, I, yeah. did you have little boyfriends? Did you, when did that? Sort I of did. I you? did. I did. I had, um, my, you know, my teenage, my, you know, love, you know, first love, um, boyfriend was actually at the school where my mom and dad were teachers and he was, I was a freshman and he was a senior and he was a, um, his name is Jacques Lilly. And he's a math genius, oh, and wow. he would only wear, uh, he would only wear his soccer uniform. He was a great soccer player, and my dad was the soccer coach, so my dad liked Jacques. And he wasn't French; he was born in Connecticut. But, oh, okay. But, um, he would only wear his soccer uniform or gas station attendant. What? You, you, I don't know where he got, he would just get like work, he would just bought work overalls. This is like his 18 guy. year old kid. He was so ahead of his time. I really, yeah. I just thought he was just the coolest. Oh my God, and I, I totally get love, it. Love, love, loved him. And that was my first real boyfriend. So he would just wear variations on like work uniforms. Work and overalls. Kind of like, not I a pants and a shirt. Guy. I just, would be ugh. totally intrigued by him, he too. He was so cool. And I really wonder. He's That's like that thing where I think I've tried to Google, like, where did, where is that guy? Yeah. Is he happy? Does he have kids? I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, not. That's... I don't want to get back together with him. But I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just curious. Yeah. About. So you did date him. You guys actually. No, kind of we were out. together. No, he was, my, he was my first. Yeah. And we oh, were together shock. for almost two years. And he went oh, to Cornell. Oh, my gosh. That's a long time. Yeah. yeah. No, I had a good. You know, yeah. de deflowering. Uh huh. Is that what it is? <laughs> I think so. Very. It was very nice. I loved him. He's a sweetheart. We were, you know, we had condoms. Uh-huh. Say. It's fantastic. He waited. I mean, maybe. I don't think he. I don't think he cheated on me. I think he. He. I'm pretty sure he was not a virgin when we. Ha- you know, well, when wait. We did. So, uh, so you this. So you met him when you were still at the co-ed school. Yes, and then you and then went he away. went to Cornell, and I went to to Dobbs Ferry in New York. Okay, but uh, we would see each other. You know, we would visit on the weekends. So sweet, like, yeah, yeah. Shock. And did you? And you have Googled him, and you can't find him. I don't. Yeah, no, I so don't know. Interesting. But I don't. I'm not very good at that. I, I don't. I know. Have I'm not a sleuth. To, I, don't I can either. find anything on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> But I can't, I can't go. He's can't. not famous enough to have his old gas station attendant uh, overalls on eBay no. being auctioned and I, off maybe, on eBay No, yet. I haven't done that in years. I wonder maybe now. Yeah. Because so much more information That's is true. online all the time. That's true. That I wonder, who was your first boyfriend? My, well, I mean, I had boyfriends that I, 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 I I've said this before, but I, I, I had boyfriends all the way up through like my junior year when I lost my virginity, but without making a conscious choice not to have sex, like I don't ever remember having a conversation with oh. a boy. I don't ever remember like, saying, no, I like, can't I'm do that? not ready yet. I don't oh, ever really? remember oh, my being God. asked. And I was like, in. I mean, I had a boyfriend, Stefan, 
um, that uh, my, like I think between my freshman and sophomore year is when we kind of met and fell in love with each other and we had the whole the great summer where like he went away to Spain as an exchange student and wrote me all these beautiful oh. letters that I still have poetry all oh of that oh my god and I was crazy about him and we definitely like super made out I mean we did you know right. pretty much everything but, but I don't ever remember having a conversation with him where he was like I'd like to do this or you know are we going to I don't ever remember that coming up it was just like we did what we did and that's as far as it went and then there was never an exchange about it and I don't I never had a conversation with any guy I ever went out with about sex it like just didn't happen up until the point at which I made the decision I guess when I was 16 whether I consciously was like I am going to do this or not I don't know but there was a guy that I was like and then we were having sex but now the condom everyone don't worry was this like a a, your boyfriend or did you just well it's interesting because i really i i've i i know i know i've said this guys but i i i I don't know why it was him I, i worry that because i had probably a stronger emotional connection to a couple of different guys that i had dated before him um and i fear that i chose him subconsciously almost because we didn't have a strong of an emotional connection because I think he I was like infuriated by him a lot so there was a sort of like chemistry there that was different um I think I was more like intimidated by him maybe somehow um and so what we had it was a little bit like we had a lot of the same friends and I had actually known him since I was in junior high. That's the other thing that's weird that I, I definitely haven't talked about, which is that his name is Zach. He actually lives here and is an actor, but, uh, and I'm still in touch with Zach. Who? And is, Zach who? Do you know Zach Selwyn? Do I? I don't know. Oh, he's kind of in the commu- the comedy community, but he has this band. He's super talented. He's a great guy. He and his wife live like a stone's throw from here. Wow. They live, uh, just off Franklin. So you know this person. So now. I know him in now. I see him sometimes the- at the grocery store wow. with his kids. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Um, and I met him through one of my best friends, Torin was, uh, I went to to middle school with and Torn was Jewish and like at Torin's bar mitzvah this is so I definitely haven't told this story ah. before at Torin's bar mitzvah um, I met this guy Zach and I was totally I had a huge crush on him and like we flirted all night I think we danced together like now when is this part. how old are you bar mitzvah so I was 12 and okay. Torin was 13 okay. so I was a year younger than everybody in my grade and we had this like you know great flirtation and i i think i thought it was gonna go somewhere and i think we like talked on the phone a few times he went to a different middle school and i i i guess maybe we never even kissed but there was like some drama surrounding it like everyone thought like oh those two are gonna start going out whatever that means when you're 13 and can't drive or anything and go to different schools and then i think he just like blew me off and i was devastated and and then we ended up going to the same high school but that was so that was like my seventh probably my seventh grade year eighth grade year i think i would like hear about him or we'd see each other at torrens something or other once in a while and it was sort of like awkward and kind of still flirty because it had never been a relationship where we broke up you're so little the feeling in your stomach and your heart and like the butterflies of seeing him and like my face flushing like that guy turned me down and you know that really hurts my feelings and and so we went to the same high school and 
well, the, we actually didn't go to the same high school because there were two high schools on the same campus. One was like a college prep school and one was a public school, but they shared a campus and you shared some classes. It was a bit of a mess. Huh. Um, so I technically went to the public school and he technically went to the prep school, okay. but we would see each other on campus and Torin also went to that school. And yes, yeah, somewhere along the line, like my junior year, we just kind of started like flirting more and then we went out and then, I, but I think there was, even from way back when with the junior high thing, there was this residual like, this guy turned me down or this guy hurt me. And so I'm wondering if there was some kind of conquest situation happening where like, I don't yeah, even I was know wondering if we that. were that, you know, compatible, but I, I think there might have been a part of me that was like, I won. Like maybe there was. Be. I've never thought about this before. But, 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 but what you also said earlier was that you had a stronger emotional connection to, to other boys. Yeah, yeah. So maybe this guy... By choosing this guy, Zach, you wouldn't be hurt if he rejected you again. That's true. I wonder if that was... That's true. But then I feel bad because I feel like if he was listening to this, he would be like, Janet, we totally connected. What are you talking about? Because in some ways, I feel like I was a closer girlfriend to him than anyone he'd ever dated before. So Mm -hmm. I think in his world, I was really important to him. And in my world, he was still at a distance and I had like stronger... I even had stronger emotional connections with guys that like... I had dated and was still friends with or that like I later dated that I sort of had in my life at that time. But, um, and this is still only a few months. I mean, it was like a few months of us like having sex and kind of going out, but not talking that much at school. Like, I think it was a little bit of a secret that we were dating a little shady. Your choice or his choice? I don't remember. Uh, I think it was my choice. I remember like specifically us, I mean, I think there was something that we both liked about that, too. I think we thought it was, like, kind of hot that we were sort of keeping it a secret. Yeah, Yeah. but it's not like we were cheating on anyone or anything like that. And then um, he went away to uh, this thing called, what's it called? Camp Anytown, which is this thing that that kids could go to. It's sort of like a leadership building, like student council-y kind of a... Um, I think it was just this, I don't even really know, but any, any town people would go to any town and we'd always hear these stories of like this intense emotional team building, like great experience that people would have for the four days that were gone, that they were gone. And I remember saying to him when I, when he said he was going to any town, I was like, you're going to break up with me when you come back. And he was like, I would never do that. And he gave me like a necklace. I think it was like a necklace of like the the, the comedy and tragedy mask. Like a summer necklace of that. And he came back and I swear to God, he could not break up with me fast enough. (laughs) He'd been back in town like an hour. And he's like, we got to talk. But why did you think he would? I just thought, I had heard that people go there and they like, they, like they want to start a their new yeah i think so like like they <laughs> like they yeah that they somehow this, this experience where and sure enough his reason for breaking up with me was like uh, such a cliche he probably met some girl there that he like completely crushed on you know or got together with or something but he so earnestly was like you really deserve better oh, <laughs> he was one of those. No. Like, i think you really deserve better and I was so fucking pissed. Like, I can't believe that this is happening. I called this. I said this is going to happen. And I was devastated fairly briefly. I remember taking all the stuff that he had given me and, like, going outside and burning it. Oh. <laughs> Which was so cathartic. I was like, oh, fuck you. I'm done with this. That's funny. And then, luckily, the timing worked out that I went uh, 
that summer as an exchange student to France for a summer program. And so I was gone for that time. And as soon as it was like, you get to France, like there's no time to think about having somebody who just hurt you. It was like, Oh, you didn't do like, like somber Parisian. I didn't. I was, I know, mourning. Yeah. Like I wrote my novel in Tuscany. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I really didn't. By the time I got to France, I was like completely done with that. And Oh, I'm um, so excited to just have that experience. Where in did France. you go in France? So, I went to the Central Valley, like I went to the Loire Valley, um, just near all the chateaus and yeah. stuff um, in a really small town. Like nobody, we had to go to a different town to go to the swimming pool. And, you know, it's just like a one, sort of one street town, La Piscine. <laughs> and, uh, and it was cool because no one spoke any English at all. So it really was a great immersion program. Fantastic. Um, I loved it. And, uh, and I went back to France. I mean, I've been back to France several times since, but I went back to that town. Um, I'm totally out of touch with the family. I don't even think they live there anymore, but I went back to that town, uh, and uh and walked around and like saw the house that i lived in knocked on the door no one answered but um but yeah it was it was a really cool experience how long were you there um just like not even just for the summer just for the summer three months two months that's a long time two two months maybe yeah. but you spoke french because your mother was a french yeah professor. i mean i had taken french for i i spoke a little from when i was a kid too because my mom would sing to me in french and uh-huh. stuff like that and like listen to french programs and stuff and then i started taking french as soon as i could which was high school so i had had i guess three years of high school french plus whatever i had already taken yeah. with my mom um and it was so it was so much fun it was so great the one thing i would say i i think i've mentioned this before but the, the other thing i would say about the relationship with Zach is that after I know I've said this on the podcast guys but I'll just tell Paget this this is a problem it's a conversation guys sometimes uh, the people don't know all of this stuff already but um, but I didn't have sex again with another person for like a whole year huh so that ended, and then I had other boyfriends, didn't sleep with them again, never had the conversation about whether or not we were going to have sex. And then when I went to college um, and got and like fell in love with my college boyfriend, that's when I just like picked back up and started huh. having sex again. Yeah. And it was, ne- I never remember being like, I got hurt. I don't want to have sex again. It was never like that. So I don't even know why. I don't know why I just like didn't have sex with anyone after that for a year. I didn't either after... Interesting. I'm realizing now, because I was in the girls' boarding school until... It was probably a year. Yeah. My junior year, nothing. Yeah. Maybe even my senior year. Isn't that interesting? Because people assume once you you start down that road, whatever that means, that 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 you're just just like, well, then you do. And I didn't really have any. I was at an all-girls school. (laughs) You didn't have a lot of opportunities. Were there, this is uh, not to get all like ooh-la-la, but were there um, lesbian relationships that you became aware of at your all-girls school? I mean, I'm sure they were happening. I think think people joked about it, uh, you know, but not really. I don't recall... Yeah. No. There wasn't like any kind of drama about. No, no, yeah. not that I remember. No. Yeah, you would think. Nah. It's interesting. No, the school my mom and dad, where my mom and dad taught, there was a, a teacher. Who had, a male teacher who had, had a relationship with a, a senior student, and um, she broke up with him, and he drowned himself. So there Whoa. was that. There was that. That was at my mom and dad's school. 
how old were you when that happened? Were you still around? I was probably for that? fifteen or sixteen. No, okay, I think so I'd gone away. away. I'd you gone about yeah. it. Yeah, that's intense. Yeah, we had really. a teacher when I was in high school. A teacher at my school commit suicide, and it was so strange and. Yeah, this what, was how and, and yeah. did I think he hanged himself. Did they explain it to you? Was there like a, a an assembly or there, I remember there being I remember hearing about it through students that morning. Like there was just a weird feeling at school right right at the beginning of the day. Someone had already heard about it somehow. And so there was rumors going around among students that he had killed himself. And oh. and then I remember the I remember the principal did make an announcement basically saying like over the PA in a class, maybe like first period or something saying, you know, by now most of you have heard about what happened. We have grief counselors available. If you feel you need to, you know, go home for the day. And it was that sort of strange dreamlike kind of state where you sort of are checked into your classes, but everybody's still talking about it. And you're so young. This is, I think when I was a freshman, it was the first real experience I'd had with anything close. You know, you heard about suicide or you'd seen movies or whatever. But right. I feel like it was the first really tangible, like, I knew this person. I and didn't have him in classes. Yeah. He made that decision. And it was a very dark, I think people were really sort of like, ugh, like a strange darkness settled mm. over the school that day. Just wow. everyone was sort of like, why, you know, to have an authority figure end their life was just a weird it's just a very specific weird it's different like there were then there ended up being like a couple of kids who did it over the course of my time at in my high school but um but that one because it was a teacher when you when you sort of still are at the age where you think of teachers as like they've got it all figured out they're 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 the boss of me da 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 to have that i the idea of the darkness of that the loneliness of that i think really disturbed us you know, yeah, for good reason, yeah. And I'm, I can't imagine that it wasn't the same for. I mean, I know you weren't there. I wasn't but in the school anymore. Especially the had, drama of him having been involved with yeah. a student. Well, and I didn't doing know that, that until aye, aye, later. Aye. But we, my my brother and I had grown up. You know, we knew him. He's he, you know. So it was surprising, and I didn't know anyone who tried to kill themselves. Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting that they have found, I mean, they have found in, uh, with, you know, CAT scans and MRIs that teenage brains don't understand consequences. Mm-hmm. The teenage brain is not capable. Did he just fart? Oh, buddy. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. No, it's all right. Unless it was you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the dog. The dog. The thing. I can't wait till I smell it. Oh! I'm really sorry. We could totally pause it if you need to like get some air. I'll completely understand. No. I've, oh, Scott, did you have you gotten have you gotten involved in this? I yet? haven't gotten involved in it yet. Oh. I'm surprised too because sometimes he cuts them. This is the first time Scott's farted on really? the podcast. This is a really big moment. He's embarrassed. He knows. Look, he's going by the heating. I call grade. it a toot and scoot. Actually, a toot and scoot. usually more time passes. Oh God, I'm so sorry. I can't. No, believe it hasn't no, made it's it passing. Yet. It's passing, and now um, I feel bad because he looks so. Sheepish. I know he he do- usually fault, it, usually but. it happens faster that he scoots. He usually toots, looks back suspiciously at his own ass, and then 
very still suspiciously slowly gets up (laughs) distrustingly and moves away and lies down somewhere else i'm so sorry that's funny no i wonder if he you have to blow my nose though perhaps he but you know what i have a special he has a special sense of when uh we're talking about grim subjects on the podcast he probably wants to lighten it up for a moment (laughs) just to kind of give people a break and so he cuts one it's very generous gesture on his part that's actually thoughtful very generous gesture comedic timing what that's a good he's quite a dog look at him he's adorable cute so pretty um i guess i didn't know that 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 like medical science had since yeah they've acknowledged that thing we all talk about which is that immortality is you know something that that teenagers sort of accidentally think is true you know and this is this idea of like they just don't could possibly their their brain hasn't and i guess you start you start setting the understanding of long-term ramifications of your actions and consequences and when you're 22 23 interesting I mean, it's pretty late yeah when you think about yeah you know, all, all the, the stuff d- i dumb, did dumb dangerous did thoughtless so yeah you know we're all lucky to have survived our you our teenage years be more right i you stuck my head right. out of the window of a train <laughs> and turned and was looking back and turned right before we went into <gasps> a, <clears throat> a tunnel my head back into a yeah. Oh now, God. I'm sure that trains are built so that you won't, even if you stick your head out yeah. the window, you won't bash your head open. But just dumb things, yeah. just dumb pranks and jumping off things yeah. and walking in the woods and getting lost and the sun going down and yeah. not knowing where. Just, it's amazing yeah, that same. we all survived We it. used to go up to Sabino Canyon, which is a beautiful kind of nature reserve in Tucson with the saguaros and, you mm. know, hills and... Um, <clears throat> In the winter, uh, the snow runs off of the mountain. Yep. Even mm-hmm. in southern Arizona, there's a mountain where it snows, Mount Lemmon. The snow runs off into that kind of pocket, and uh, and there are all these kind of like almost swimming holes, which are so beautiful and great. Right. Wait. What, but, but yeah, there actually there's something architecturally that had to be built for the the washes for the oh yeah 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 that's well, indifferent yeah that's there the wash this is sort of naturally occurring uh snow ooh, melt like that turns into pools? rainfall little sort of little swimming holes ooh. yeah but the washes yeah the washes are built for floods and there's oh, okay. tons there's a network of them in tucson for sure and my mom lived right off one and that was sort of my version of running in, around in the woods was i would climb down into the wash which again was like homeless people stayed down oh, there yeah. drug deals happened down there coyotes happened down like so many things could have happened to me down there but i loved wandering by myself mm-hmm. like creating stories in my head and just ah. sort of like ambling around in complete solitude but i would even find like i mean i really would like hike up around and find these like little areas where some homeless guy had like set up all, like a sort of makeshift tent with cardboard boxes and stuff God. and he wouldn't be there but i'd be so fascinated by like oh this is like a oh little God, house that this person God i know passion is I mean, alone, not fringe, with a girl, not with a bo- just drug addict, alone. maybe let out of an institution, you couldn't living in right. a box. You couldn't be more right. Oh my God. That was terrible. It was terrible. Guys, do not do this stuff. So um, but, uh, but yeah, we would, we, during monsoon season when, you know, Southern Arizona has some of the most spectacular lightning storms anywhere. Incredible. And during monsoon season, we would like you know 10 o'clock at night go up into the desert in sabino canyon and by moonshine just like walk around and like go skinny dipping and stuff during like just after a monsoon because the rain would have collected in these little swimming areas 
we could have been struck by lightning. Yeah. We could have been, you know, there are so many dangerous, like, I can't believe I am. I do. I will say I'm sort of excited about the immortality factor because it was a beautiful experience. It's unlikely they would have been struck, struck by lightning, but like now all I would think is scorpions, tarantulas, black widows, snakes, <laughs> javelinas, coyotes, like the desert is a very dangerous <laughs> it's place. True. It's, it's lethal true. at night. And we were just like walking Let's around go. barefoot, like could have wow. stepped on a scorpion, you know, I, I don't, but somehow when you're a teenager, you're like, this is great where I'm with my friends. I was probably stoned too. That I'm sure that helped <laughs> smooth the edges of worrying about a scorpion fear. <laughs> it's terrible. Wow. It's terrible. Um, but we okay. made it through. We did make it through. Um, we've also made it through this episode uh, oh. to the point where I would like to play a game of mash. What's mash? With you. I don't know if you ever played I it. I don't when you know. Were a I'm kid. looking at this. These- it's basically um, it's a game where you give me a list of uh, three different things in a category that I ask you for, and then I, um, through a process of elimination by uh, doing numbers, I'll show you. Um, I mean, if you've never played Mash, it's exciting because you'll be the first person who didn't grow up playing it. He's I've never even heard I need of to get it. A pen. But um, basically, Mash stands for Mansion, Apartment, Shack, or House. Oh wait, aha! And then you're like three boys that you would want to marry. Oh my god! How many kids would you have? Oh. Where would you live? Like what, all this stuff, and I'll go through it, and then I'll draw a spiral, and then I'll say, "Tell me when to stop," and then you tell me when to stop, and I count the rings with the spiral, and then I go one, two, three, four, and I start crossing stuff out. And then at the end, I will have your future. I will have the results of who you're going to marry, oh my where God. you're going to live, what you're going to like, all these different categories. So what we've been doing on the podcast is sometimes listeners um, suggest mash categories for me. So it's now grown out into this sort of like interesting uh, realm of kind of categories that no one ever would have thought of when they were little, but at least not that I know of, because they were sort of conventional stuff. So I'm going to grab a pen and okay. uh, I'm going to set the microphone down. Why is it still know? recording? While you're... It's still recording. I'm going to cough now. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to cough. Oh, sorry. Okay. So I'm going to start it out um, fairly conventionally and ask you for three cities. Now, this is the thing. Okay. You can make these answers as if you were your teenage self. Like if you loved Ralph Macchio, you probably didn't love him if people told you that you looked at them. But you can make it as your teenage self. You can make it as this ridiculous like fictitious world that we could create for you right now if you like if you have crushes on certain uh movie stars or fictional characters and books that you would love to be with or it could be a combination of both you could be like well i think that i'm um, gonna give a bad example but like i think now i think clive owens dreamy so that's Jeez. one person i'll name but i really loved you know johnny silverman when i was in high okay, school let's so see. i'm gonna be- i'm gonna do it as as completely truthfully Honestly, like not, I'm not going to, which may include some fictional characters, but okay. What do you need first? Let's see. Okay. So let's do, yeah, let's do three guys first. Three guys. Okay. Can it be the, my boyfriend now? Can I include him or it's, I mean, it can't I guess be, it can't can, be him. but that's not as fun. Okay. I won't do him. Okay. All right. I think it's more fun okay. when it's completely imaginary. Okay. Three boys. Okay. Um, that guy, I don't. Mc McFadden, he was oh Angus. McFadden? No, not Angus. Okay. Who I like? No, it's the guy who's in um he's in River Street now. He was he was Mr. Darcy in the in the Pride and Prejudice with 
Joe Wright's Pride and Prejudice with um um but I don't you know I don't even not know his old, first name so that's terrible not the, no, 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 so no, not not the, the older one not the Colin Firth one no like the, the the Joe Wright one with with um Kira Knightley yeah and this guy was Mr Darcy I totally know who you're talking about. Oh. I'm just He's putting so in Mr. Dreamy. Darcy. Just write Mr. Darcy because that's who I'm talking about anyway. Yeah. That guy, yeah, I haven't you're not seen Ripper Street yet. I'm talking about Mr. Darcy. Yes. His love Mr. It. Darcy. Even a Colin Firth. I'll take a Colin Firth Darcy. I know. I love So Mr. Mr. Darcy. Love so it. stupid. So Ooh. stupid. Oh, this is great. So it's typical. Perfect. But it's exactly, exactly true. Exactly what MASH is for. Okay. All right. Mr. Darcy. Um, oh, Mr. Darcy. <laughs> I like um, Adam Schwartzman. <laughs> Oh, okay. I like him very much. Wait, Adam Schwartzman? Yeah. Who's Adam Schwartzman? From Rushmore. Oh, Jason Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> What's wrong with me? It. I don't know. Who's Adam Schwartzman? Now I want to know. I don't know. <laughs> Who's Adam? I love it. I like Jason Schwartzman very much. I really do. I'm trying to think of who Whatever else I like. his name may be. Who Jason else do I like? Schwartzman. Um... You're a tall, a tallie like I am, and he's short. Yeah, I met him once. I think he's short. Yeah, he's, he's cute. Little, I saw he's him so at, little and cute. I think he's. A, I think he's a vegan too. I'm sure you're right. That seems because I super saw him right. at a vegan restaurant. There I am not go. a vegan. It would yeah. never work, Jason. <laughs> Jason, it would never work. That's why it's mad. I'm too old for you. That's why it's mad. <laughs> but I love him. All right, who else? There's got to be someone else. Who else do I like? I'm trying to think. What about like when you were a teenager? Was there like a movie? Sting! Like, oh my god, that's perfect! <laughs> oh my god, I love Ooh, Sting he, more than anything. No way he wasn't on my list when I was younger. Oh. I loved him so much. Sting was it. I loved him so much. So I have Jason Schwartzman, Sting, <laughs> Mr. and Mr. Darcy. It's perfect. Okay, great. It's perfect. All right, what next? Um, let's do three cities, like anywhere. Three cities. Okay. And if you want to, you could even set them at a different time. You could be like New York in the turn of the century, Paris in the 1920s, if you wanted to. I feel like everyone does Paris in the 1920s. To be honest with you, they do. I know. And but also, it's... not the greatest time for women. Yeah, I think people forget about that. And this is imaginary, yeah. so you can, no, it's put, true, you can but, put in as much or take out as much as you do. Because I think about that, too. I'm like, oh, it'd be so fun to be. And then the second I think about it, I'm like, yeah, but that's when everyone just died when they were 30. Oh, just, yeah, not that great. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go for... Um, Pre-Katrina New Orleans. Great. Which I, I was in New Orleans the year after Katrina, and it was such an extraordinary place but i do think those people were so fucked over yeah uh, by yeah i only had ever been there after katrina also i think two years after katrina and it it's the most remarkable city yeah and they're still suffering i mean it's just absolutely awful um but new orleans i love okay uh you know i like everything in france except paris i'm not gonna lie yeah fair enough i'm gonna go for Provence. Provence, oui. J'aime beaucoup la Provence. Oui. Also, maybe you live on a lavender farm. Or maybe you don't like lavender. <laughs> Wait, That's okay, what, too. What movie is that? I don't know, but is Ladies in Lavender? Of, <laughs> I don't know. Are you thinking of the Cher movie? I'm just saying that there's the, a lot of lavender in Provence. I okay. feel like there's a lot of like vineyards and also a lot of... I just feel that there's a lot of lavender in Provence. Okay. I stand by it. I like... I Yeah, I do. I like that. And then, you know what else? I'm going to go for su- some... One of the towns in Cinque Terre. Okay, on the, great. Um, on the Amalfi Coast. Southern, southern Italy. Love... 
Oh, good. Yeah. Call. Okay. I got. Did okay. you ever see Enchanted April? Oh yes, isn't it so good? I uh, have seen that several times. Right, the women who go. Yes. And the, oh, I love it. Josie Davis and Miranda Richardson and right? uh, yeah. Joan Plowright. I think Joan Plowright. It's so good. And who guys. is the girl with the black bangs? Oh, black I know who it is. Bob. Who is it's that? It's Polly Walker. Polly. It's Polly Walker. Walker, and she. I'm not trying. I'm trying to think. What she was on Rome. Oh, That's you the know, best see, I, I can didn't think see of Rome. Yeah. But it's everyone told me I love of. it. I don't think she's in it in a lot of stuff in the in the states. I like I like that movie um, very much. Yeah, she's oh my gosh, she is so stylish. Oh, she's fantastic in that. I movie. I think a lot of people haven't seen that movie, and I think a lot of these listeners would love that movie, guys. I know what you're into. Um, you yeah. gotta check out it. If Enchanted you like Room April. with a View, yeah, Enchanted April, you it's will great. Enjoy. I'm watching a movie right now. Speaking of Cleopatra 1920s mm-hmm. bangs, um, that I just started last night called The Last September which is this movie with like Michael Gambon. Her name is maybe Kitty Hawes or something. It's, she's an actress. I've seen in a bunch of stuff. Maggie Smith is in it. Um, Love Maggie uh, Smith. Jane Birkin is in it. It's a really amazing cast. David Tennant's in it. And it's about, um, I'm only half an hour in, but it's about Ireland in the twenties before the Irish revolution against the British at that time. Are you serious? So I've never heard British of this arist- movie. This. And that is my kind Bri- of thing. I know British aristocrats living in rural like Ireland, but the, but the British forces have had to come in because there's starting to be more and more rebellions against the British. And so it's this, the idea is that, you know, they sort of preface at the beginning with some text that says, this is sort of about the end of an era of yeah. these British, this British aristocracy who sort of lives in Ireland before uh, they're <laughs> Unwelcome. Wow. Um, and I'm the really last interested September? to see where it goes. Yeah, and it's on Netflix. Awesome. Thank you. That's great. Yeah. Um, how about three jobs? Uh, and you could even think of them in terms of like what you've where you've described living. Uh, maybe some different a different a different life. Heiress. <laughs> what? It's a very difficult <laughs> job. I love it. Heiress. Love um, it. <clears throat> let me see. Love it. Uh Celebrity chef. Mm-hmm. Great. But I get to pick and choose what I do. Of course you do. Okay. You're making tons of money. You Celebrity can decide chef. if you... Yeah, I have listen, like cookware. If you don't end up with Jason Schwartzman, maybe you become his vegan celebrity chef and... Do I don't, I don't know if I'll ever anyway. cook vegan. I'm, I don't know about it that. It could never work. I'm not good at that. I'm not. It's never going to work. Uh, uh, <laughs> let me see. One more. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Jason. I, I didn't mean to get your hopes up. Oh, no. We're um, talking about Adam Schwartzman. <laughs> Just <laughs> why did i think what is that why did i think it? maybe his name was adam in something maybe it was i don't know i just love him um okay let me see one more right yeah one more job mm-hmm. <laughs> um is it bon vivant is that <laughs> can i be a can i just it's the same as an heiress though can i just be a can I no, be not like necessarily? You can, can I be, be a muse or like oh. someone so so um, such a cr- crazy character personality that people just they, they want fly you me to Greece to be on their yacht for a month? Yes, I totally get it. I you go know what? To I am Dubai, but that. I don't have to have sex I, with the Sultan of Brunei's I brother. A hundred percent say it's absolutely accurate that Eris and Bon Vivant are not the same. Not thing the same because, thing. Yeah, it could be that you yourself aren't necessarily you haven't inherited a great deal of wealth but that you are the person people want around i know someone exactly like that really? the person who is the florist at the four seasons hotel is this extraordinary delightful gay man and he is like 
Cher's best friend, Demi oh Moore's God. best friend. He's friends with like the royal family in Dubai and is constantly going back and forth to Dubai to just so hang he's out just in their a palace. Guy that they want to have he hang he out. himself doesn't have a ton of money. He's a bon vivant. It's perfect. That's great. That's what That's I want to be. Great, I want to be that girl. That's great, great, great. I want to be that okay. girl. All right. I love that to death. All right. This is the thing. Assuming, depending on all of these other things that you might end up doing, let's also say that you are responsible for a great work of art. It could be, um, it could be that you are you sculpted blah blah blah. It could be that you wrote, you know, Beethoven's Fifth. It could be just some masterpiece that you have an admiration of. Three, in fact, I need on this on this list. Um, Actual work are responsible for. Like, yes, I did paint the Mona Lisa. Doesn't matter if you ever painted anything ever again. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um. A, a could be even a building that you designed, like yeah, I designed the Chrysler Building or whatever, something that oh. you. Um, I composed instead of Barber the Adagio for strings, Beautiful. and which you've heard a million, you've heard it. It's a crazy, it's a crazy. Um, I what else Love did I do? It. I oh. Um, I designed and built, uh, the Watts Towers here in California, <laughs> those Gaudi-esque towers. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did that. And Are those <laughs> on the cover of the Wilco album? Is that one? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I did I that. I love that. That's such um, a specific, interesting, I love, I love that. I just choice. think that's such an interesting yeah. piece of work. Um, and what else? What else? What else? Oh, can, may I have, may I have? invented the sandwich yes my all i think it's a great idea and i wish i'd come up with you too that is a work a sandwich can be a work couldn't be so no you couldn't be more right that's you couldn't be so wrong you you were about to say you couldn't be more wrong (laughs) of all the crackpots i've played this game with (laughs) you take the cake You couldn't be so wrong. Of all the masterpieces in the world, (laughs) she said, I made the sandwich. This is the best best ever. And by the way, I've only recently asked maybe one other person to have invented something like that. So, oh, here's a good one. I want to hear what your answer is. Actually, I I could do this forever with you because I love all of your answers. This is fun. Here's another one. If you could have three, give me a list of three... musicians or bands or could be like someone like sting who uh could basically design a soundtrack for the movie of your life oh what would it be oh wow so it's an interesting question because am i answering what i want the world to think my life sounds like or am i answering what i think my life sounds like i don't know only you know that the inventor of the sandwich maybe the inventor of the sandwich. What band would do? You know who I think is very. I don't even know if they're still together. Doesn't matter. This is Mash. I think a really jaunty, interesting, slightly uh, odd, lonesome, evocative. Uh, I think the Squirrel Nut Zippers do some really great, choice. really interesting stuff. Great choice. I don't know how you're going to top it. You don't have to top it, but I need two. I more. need two more. You need yeah. two. More. <clears throat> of who else could golly um 
the Glenn Miller Orchestra. Great. Does that count? Can yes, I use some of that? Lovely. Um, lovely. And then um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, uh, let me see. These answers are all so. I mean, it would never awful. be like. I like the booty channel here. I like that dance station, but I don't think my life would have like <laughs> dance soundtrack. So yeah. it's not, I'm trying to think of like not, not what I like, but what I think would be. I'm taking this very seriously. I know, like I'm I actually going to hire someone. Well, let me ask you this. What? Let's put the third one, and maybe maybe these two already cover that because of what, how you describe the squirrel nut zippers. But what you, we uh, we the outside world, you know, whatever that means, is watching you in your lawn chair with your scotch <laughs> the smell of the hibachi what do it's i want that moist to sound out. Like yeah that, it's that... moist out you're alone the tr- crickets are chirping and there's a there's a there's music that's playing see both of those that. glenn miller and squirrel nut zippers both they satisfy work that, that. great so i guess i i guess gotta mix it up with um something kind of I mean, I want to say Louis Prima, but that's the same thing. It's kind of swing. It's kind of rat packy, and that's not appropriate. Why am I taking this so seriously? I don't know, but I love it. You know what I'm going to go for? That chick, Julie Cruz, who does oh, that music. Twin Peaks. With, yeah. I'm going to Great do, I, choice. I, like, I think that's interesting Great stuff. choice. Her, I love the I love the music that she did for Twin Peaks, the stuff that she yeah. collaborated on with Angelo Badalamenti. Love it. Um those yeah very moody the music from twin peaks in general is like exactly what we're describing exactly sort of ominous beautiful have you ever heard them tell the story angelo badalamenti there's a there's a um interview with him on um i think youtube or something where he talks about the creation of that main theme for twin peaks and it literally was basically totally improvised him Mm. sitting at a keyboard with David Lynch sitting with him and David Lynch is like, okay. And he starts describing what he wants it to sound like. And Angelo Bedalamenti is like, oh, so kind of like this. And then he's like, yes. And then he's like, and then this happens. And he describes this. And he's like, like this. And then he's like, but then you guys got to watch it. But it's like, but he, he says, but then he said something like, but then the, it's a, a beautiful girl whose heart gets broken, but she's so beautiful. It hurts to look at her or something like that. Wow. And he breaks into the light. Cause it starts out where it's like, it's very minor. And then at the part where it's like, and he says it was invented on the spot. And who knows if that's true, but I don't know why he would lie. He's a great composer. He says it was basically that the whole thing was invented on the spot in conversation with just David Lynch describing to him what he wanted to evoke. Ugh, so I'd fabulous. love to watch that. That would be great. Yeah. So uh, hopefully we'll find the link to that and put All it up right. on the webpage. Um, let's do three modes of transportation that aren't uh, a car. Like you oh! get around this way. Not a car. Um, may I have... An Amish horse and buggy. You certainly may. Thank you. May I have a Vespa? 100% yes. Not a motorcycle. Do not want a motorcycle. An adorable scooter. I want a sweet, Love it. sweet scooter. Love it. One more. May I have the... May I? It's fictional. Mm-hmm. Yes. The, the answer is yes. The hover... From Back to the Future, the the hover skateboard. Yes, thank hover you. skateboard is a great, great answer. Thank you, thank you. Oh, that is from a Back great to the Future too. Answer. 
Back to the um, future too. What else do I want to say? I'm going to do one more category. Let me okay. look at some of these suggestions and see what feels like it might be a good fit. Um, oh, uh, like a like a fictional best friend, like a person from fiction whom you would love to have as your confidant, your support, your your best friend. But it's like hopefully someone from like l- literature or cinema. Auntie Mame. Love it. Who's wicked smart? Who's wicked you smart? You want someone wicked smart. I want someone wicked smart um, who would help me if I was on. So you want to be a millionaire? <laughs> <laughs> if I needed to make a call. <laughs> Who's wicked smart? Um, you know what? This is This sounds weird. There's a series of books by this guy named Andrew Vox, who mm-hmm. used to be um, a DA in New York. And it's, uh, 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 why am I not remembering the name of the guy? He's like, like a, a detective kind he, of? He's like a detective. He's oh, like I a private it. eye, but yeah. he, he's trained his dog and he goes to the, what's the Chinese. What's, how do you spell the author's name? V-A-C-C-H-S, I think. V-A-C-C-H-S. Andrew mm-hmm. Vox. That detective. Why am I not remembering the name of the... We're about he's to like a... He's out. outside of the law, though. Well, that's... I mean, you want that if you're going to get a detective. You've got to be able to flaunt that a little bit. Vox. Andrew. Andrew, Andrew Vox. Vox. We are finding out. We are finding out in mere moments. Oh, thank you. Google My third answer is... Search. Um, Bet. The zero, zero 005 Olaf? The Burke series? Burke. Burke. Someone... Yeah. Burke. Okay, cool. I want Burke. All right. Burke, and then last one. Uh, Batman. Love it. Why wouldn't you want Batman? Why it's wouldn't perfect. you? It would be awesome. Be you fool party at the mansion. You, Absolutely. You, you could maybe help him out sometimes, maybe. It's great. You're not Robin. You're the next best thing. You're best just friend. a buddy. You're just a You're civilian just buddy. Um, okay. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. All right. I'm going to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'm going to do a little pause, count this up, and then I'll uh, come back. For you guys, it will be as if no time has passed. I have to say straight away that once again, MASH has not disappointed. Wow. This is so exciting. It has not failed us. This is very exciting. First, let's get the um, the home environment out of the way. I should have made one of these a um, a trailer home, but uh, maybe this could be you. It is a house, but you could convert it into it could be house, could be home, could be trailer home. Okay. Um, you did not end up with a mansion, apartment, or shack, so you are in a house. Good. I'm good with that. Thank um, you. What else do I want to tell you first? I'm imagining it's a fairly nice house because you are an heiress. Yay! <laughs> That's exactly what an heiress would do, though. She wouldn't get a mansion. Yeah. You don't need some kind of Let's crazy over the... <laughs> you're, listen, you're nothing if not classy. I'm a classy heiress. So you I'm just so, live in a, I live in a beautiful, house. respectable house. Lovely house. Who needs a mansion? That's just so gauche. It's so gauche. I love it. Oh, I'm so happy. So okay, you have a beautiful house uh, as an heiress. Um... You, your house is in pre-Katrina New Orleans. (gasps) Oh, so sexy and romantic. Oh, good food. Uh, You get around on your Vespa. Oh, this sounds like a possibility. This worked out. out. Your best friend is Burke. So if you want to get out there and solve some mysteries. (laughs) Slightly shady 
violent it seems perfect avenger for of victims for the okay, shady great. side this of is- New Orleans that way you can dip a toe into this like crazy yeah. old school old money sort of world you probably might wow. listen, you might even have a couple of nefarious New Orleans types who are after some of your money as an heiress I've got Burke on my side. You got Burke on your side. With You're his good. dog and his buddies and zipping his away Plymouth. from trouble on your Vespa. Sweet. Uh, you, your your soundtrack, which this feels kind of great too. I mean, we didn't pick any like crazy New Orleans jazz, but the Glenn Miller Orchestra. Oh, lovely. Oh, this is working Perfect. out. And uh, I am pleased to report that you enjoy your home with. in pre-Katrina New Orleans with Sting. Now, some might argue oh. it couldn't get better than that, but I just wanted to let you know that on top of all of these wonderful achievements, you also invented the sandwich. Yay! <laughs> oh my God! It just blew your mind. That is such a funny, because I can see all of that. Yeah. It's all come, it's all coming to life in, on the page and in your imagination. That is so in this funny. Game of Mash. What a complete pleasure. Why do I people just write scripts like this? I... Do people write scripts like this? Maybe. If not, they should consider You just write starting. down like a series of <laughs> plot twists. Fish out of water. Yeah. You just write down a series. <laughs> so true. And then it was a dream. I and never you just thought about pick, that. It's such, make a script. so true. Yeah. Listen, the, I just did all of, of their work for them. Whoever this person, you is, just is made a story. story. Yeah, you're totally right. I never thought about it that way before. This is really That's good. So it's funny. Be great. That movie. was a blast. Um, this was this entire experience was a blast. Uh, thank you so much thank for doing you the podcast. So much. Um, what a joy, guys! Feel free to weigh in with your questions and comments. Any uh, specific questions for Paget? I will try to get them to her via our various modes of communication with the podcast. Um, anything you would like to say in the end? Oh, I will say that this podcast will probably come out um, on Thursday, which uh, means that in two days from that time, uh, Padua will be doing the Thrilling Adventure Hour in San Francisco yeah. at uh, Sketchfest, my comedy festival, which you guys know about. Oh, and I'm also doing Adventures of Pete and Pete. And you're doing Adventures yeah, yeah, of Pete yeah. and Pete Friday, Friday. Friday. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay. So Padua's done the festival before. Uh, very excited to have her back. Um, Thrilling Adventure Hour is also a podcast. You guys can check that out. Um, and, uh, and yeah. Do you this have any? Great. And then you're on television and films all the time. <laughs> I said that like I was being dismissive, but I just felt like everyone already no, knew that's that. Very nice. um, thank you so much for thank doing you the so much. This has been a blast. Thanks, really guys. interesting. Talk to you next time on the podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Before We Were Brittle, courtesy of the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.